community that we live. We looked in the Old Testament, a well was a place where everybody came in the afternoon to draw water and talk to and fellowship with one another. It was a, the life source of the community. And so I'm bringing that into the New Testament. I want to say that we need to be the life source of our community. But we can't do that unless it's working in our life first. And so we need to make sure that our wells are open. They've been open. They've got all the silt out. They've, we're in a place where if people come to us and they're thirsty, they can drink. Some Christians, when you're thirsty and you go to drink out of their well, you get a mouthful of sand. We don't want to be those people. We want to be those that our well has got water. It can refresh. We, we looked at the thing of repentance. We need to have that well of repentance where people can come make right with God and right with people. We looked at removing where sinners removed in their life and we walk the road with them because they don't walk in condemnation, but they walk in victory. Then we looked at refreshing, which last week was, was beautiful. Refreshing just speaks of the, of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. And as He comes and He refreshes, and, and I don't know about you, but it, it's just I love being refreshed by the Holy Spirit. He's just such a gentle yet so powerful in our lives. And then if we, we carry on with that scripture, if, did, did you guys put up Acts 3 verse 19? Repent, so they're all R's for those that haven't been. Repent, first R, then turn to God. So turn to God and remove. So that your, oh no, sorry. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, may be removed. That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And it carries on to verse 20, where we're going to go today. That he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. He must remain in heaven. So we need to be a remaining church. And I'll get back to there. I'll explain it. Until the time comes for God to restore. Next hour. So we're going to try and get through remain and restore today. As he promised long ago through his holy prophets. I was so excited. Vince came to me. I said to him, come to me afterwards. He had, he had a picture of the woman at the well. <laughs> what more can I say? The woman at the well. We're talking about the wells. He must remain in heaven. So what is a remaining church? What is a, a, a well of remaining looking like? It's remaining in a place of prayer and praise. Remaining in a place of prayer and praise. A church that's to full, fulfill its purpose in the community and in Jesus needs to be one that's found in God's presence, remaining together in fellowship, together. Guys, I, I, when, when you talk about these wells, it's actually more important that we talk about the impact into the community than in our own lives. We don't live for ourselves. We live for the benefits of the non-members. We live for their benefit. 
We want to be those that speak to them. We want to be those that are involved in the change in their life. Prayer is a wonderful opportunity for God. So we need to be those that are remaining in prayer to stir us to intercede. But you know what? Often in prayer, we have one thing in mind. We just got to open our mouth and we got to speak as fast as we can for as long as we can. And we got to do Gunston. Not a prophetic word, don't worry. But we need, besides speaking, we need to listen. When we pray, we need to listen. Personally, that's you and me, but also corporately. When we get together to pray, that's why when we get, I want to encourage you guys, we pray at half past three on a Sunday afternoon. We pray in the front here. The worship group is here and we join them and we pray. Because we need to pray corporately. God is speaking to all of us, not just some of us. We need to listen for revelation. Can you get revelation? Not if you can. None of you are nodding. You can. Go like this. I can get revelation. Say that. I can get revelation. Say after me, revelation. <laughs> well, the visitors, I'm just giving him a hard time because he always does it. We need to listen for revelation. We need to listen for instruction. While we're in this place of prayer, we need, Lord, what must we do? You know, you've come with your set of songs and the Lord says, no, I don't want you to do that. I want you to do this. I'm going to change everything today and we're going to do it differently. Because there's that one person here that I need to reach and these songs are the ones that are going to reach their heart. And so we need to listen for instruction. We need to, we need to look for encouragement. How many guys come to church on a... On a a Sunday afternoon and they're thinking, hey man, I'm really, I'm feeling down. It's the end of the weekend. I haven't rested. I haven't slept. I haven't uh, just down. And God says, I want to encourage you. I want to tell you that you are my child. My son died for you. I want you to remain in this place where you are hearing what God is saying. We need to remain. Prayer is not just time with Jesus. It's growing in relationship and intimacy with Him. Guys, if you don't pray, you're not going to get to know Jesus. And we've been through the thing of when you pray, say. Open your mouth and pray. Don't think it in your mind. Say it. You need to say it because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So as you speak the Word of God, you, your faith begins to get built up and you begin to, to grow in God and you begin to grow in confidence. A remaining church is a church that prays consistently and passionately for others. You, you, you know what a project of, of ours needs to be? Is you need to bring someone, not you can bring them physically if you can, but if you bring someone that you're going to pray for. 
Not, oh Lord, I just, I really thank you that you're here today. No. Lord, I bring Carl to you today. He's a scallywag. We want you to sort him out, Lord. We want you to iron out all the kinks, Lord. We want to stretch him, Lord. We want to take him out of his comfort zone, Lord. We want him to dance on the stage, Lord. That'll work. <laughs> we need to be doing, we, we need to, I found if I don't have people that I'm praying for, then my prayer is a little bit like wishy-washy. I'm so fortunate I've got a son that I can pray for that's not saved. No, he's right here in front of me all the time. I'm praying for him. I want to see him in the kingdom of God. My other son's probably praying me into the kingdom. Or both of them. Galatians 4 and verse 19. My little children, for who I, whom I am again in the anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. Can all the mothers stand up? Can all the mothers stand up? Can you tell me about your anguish when you had children? Because men cannot do that. The only anguish I had was looking at my wife with our first child, and she said, pray. And I prayed, and I prayed. And I prayed. When you get to three hours of praying, you're like, I'm a little tired. She pray some more. Okay, I'll pray. And she was in labor for 24 hours. I'm not joking, she was. By the time that baby came out, I was like, oh. Well, I suppose he was four and a half kilos. So he was a big boy. So he didn't want to come out in a hurry. He thought it was more comfortable inside there. Anguish of, if you prayed for someone that it actually hurts you. That God, I'm trusting you. We need to remain in that place. We can't, we can't just go in there once a week. No, we need to be in that place. Colossians 4 and verse 12. Ep Epaphroditus, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, Jesus greets you, always struggling on your behalf. These are strong words. Anguish, struggling of your behalf in his prayers so we need to be in a place of prayer that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. How many people do you pray for like that? Guys, in behalf of our prayers, we need to pray that people would be mature and fully assured. Let me tell you, some, some of you may be sitting here and thinking, how can this joke, this old joke and carry on about like this in church? This is not religious. That's for people that are not mature. Jesus doesn't worry about the fact that I'm joking and what clothes I wear. I saw, I saw my son, he, he preached at the Northwestern Equipped this last week, and he's, walk, he's walking around with his jeans and slops on. I was like, ooh. And then I saw Luke Watson. He's got no shoes on. He's walking around. Now imagine if you're religious. You're out of there. Because you don't believe that's okay. Apostolic prayer is clearly seen as the one that not only wants to see people coming into faith. People. Not one. P. 
people, more than one, people coming into faith, but come into the fullness of their faith and full maturity. I've got this little story that I tell about maturity. I've got some time. When a baby is born, it's got to wear a nappy. And whenever the, whenever the baby goes, everybody, they're in there, check their nappy. Are they hungry? Are they wet? Are they this? Are they that? Whenever the baby squeaks, everybody's there. And that's not wrong. That's what happens. But you see, as a Christian, you can't stay with a nappy on. You've got to go to the next stage, which is adolescent. So an adolescent is where you do something for me, and then I will do something for you. I think we're, that's where a lot of Christians get stuck. I won't help you if you don't help me. So nobody gets helped, because somebody's got to start. And uh, so eventually they break out of that thing. But before they break out of that thing, can, can you imagine an immature Christian? It's like your beautiful daughter. She's all dressed. Imagine Clara for sir. Uh, and, and she's all dressed beautifully in her dress and her shining clothes and everything. And she's just about to go out the door and she says, Daddy, won't you change my nappy for me? You see, we've got to grow up. As Christians, we have to grow up. We have to put our, our, our faith in, in a God, not, not in things that people do and don't do and get all caught up in rules and regulations. That's what the Pharisees did. They came into the church in Galatia and they tried to put a whole lot of stuff on them. Opening doors and opportunities must be high upon our agenda. The enemy is one who seeks to stop and hinder us. Uh, the maturity. So, so they become adolescents. So they will do if you will do. The last thing is when you come to, to full age. You come to ripeness is the word that they use. And in that place, you do for others without having to receive. Where do you fit in that? Do you do for others that... Don't do for you. Have you still got a nappy on? Where are you? When you're easily offended, you've got a nappy on. Opening doors and opportunities must be high upon our agenda. 1, 1 Thessalonians 2.18 For we wanted to come to you Certainly our Paul did again and again, but Satan blocked our way. And you think, what's this great man of God? Paul wrote most of the New Testament. How can the devil stop him? Well, he can. So that means he can stop you too. So we need to be those that are remaining in a place of prayer. Colossians 4 and verses 3 and 4. And pray for us. So we're praying. We're remaining in prayer. Wherever it says prayer, put remain in front of it. For us too, that God may open a door for our message. Now I'm going to just deal quickly with a very controversial subject. Now everyone's listening. What's this? I'm going to tell a good joke. Uh, no, but in the Christian world, 
People say, God opened a door or God closed the door. Guys, in the Bible, the only time God opens and closes doors, it's for the sake of the gospel to be preached. It's not so you can get another house. It's not so that you can get another job. It's not anything like that. So don't come to me and say, oh, God's closed the door. No, he hasn't. If God has called you to something, kick the door down. God hasn't closed it. The devil's closed it. But open and closed doors are for the preaching of the gospel. So if you're offended, speak to my wife afterwards. She preached that message years ago. Acts 16 and verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of that place and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word. So he was kept. I remember once I went, I've, I've preached a lot into Africa. I remember once we went to, I was with another guy and we went to a church in Nigeria. Nigeria, you go to church, the oak sitting on the, not in the driver's seat, but the other side, they, he actually carries a gun. They got like AK-47s. So we arrive at the place, and I presume it was the pastor, because he had a bright yellow jacket on. He was teaching and teaching, and like we were supposed to leave there at 10 o'clock, and we got there at half past eight, and this guy was teaching and teaching. Eventually my friend gets up, he walks over to him, he says, he asks the guy for the microphone, takes the microphone. He says, I'm really sorry, guys, talking to the people, but I have an airplane to go and crash, catch, and I cannot continue to listen to this or wait for my turn to preach. And he said, cheers. We have to preach God's word, but not kick doors down. If God is closing them, that, that guy closed the door for us. We, we had prayed. We had, sometimes there will be times when you pray and you've done everything that you can do to be able to do what God wants you to do, and you get stopped. Don't start fighting. It's only when they stop you from preaching if they arrive and they say no you're if, if they arrive just now i'd sit down and put my wife up here she's preaching acts 4 and verse 31 after they prayed and they this where they were meeting was shaken where they were meeting that's more than one and they were all filled who was filled all can we do better than that? Who, who can give me an all? <laughs> Filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak the word of God boldly. I, I've been in situations in Africa where they were terrifying. You know, I went to Liberia when they were in the midst of blood diamonds. President Taylor. 
They had us kneeling down with the AK-47 to our head. What do you want here? What are you doing here? And I had a suitcase full of leadership training books. I said to the guy, do you want one? <laughs> what else could I do? <laughs> but we have to, fortunately they made us kneel down and we had to pray. But you know what? The, I said remaining in prayer. The other place where we have to remain is in praise. I think praying is harder than praise. Praise is it's easy once you get into it. it I, I don't know about you. I find it easy to worship. Uh, I really, maybe it's because it's Him that's at the center of what we we are doing but not only we remain in a place of prayer but we need to re remain in a place of praise and it's often in this place i was at a disciplinary hearing the other day and the guy said oh but there's never there's never tongues and praising at the same time so i had to give him a quick x 10:46. for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising god Acts 16 and verse 25. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners, you, you all know the story. It's the first jailhouse rock. When they begin to sing, the jailhouse began to rock. The prison doors were thrown open. The, the, the jailer was going to kill himself because he knew that he would be put to death if he... Let these guys get away, but they end up getting saved. Paul says to him, we haven't run away. We're here. Come, let's baptize your family. Let's get everyone saved. And so that happens. And then in Ephesians 5 and verse 9, it says, Speaking to one another with hymns, psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Do you believe that you're God's favorite? Eh? I believe I'm God's favorite. I, I say to Patty often, I'm God's favorite. She says, no, you're not God's favorite. I'm God's favorite, babes. Driving to the, into the, shopping, the supermarket, I said, babes, I'm going to get a parking right next to the door. No ways are you going to get that. God's favorite, babe. And not once, not twice, not three times. God's favorite. Yeah, I just pray. <laughs> the next one, a restoring church. A church that restores. A, a church that restores is a prophetic church. They see what was and they restore. So Isaiah 61 and verse 4 it says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for, for generations. This scripture I really enjoy in Matthew, I mean Malachi 4 and verse 5. It says, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. Else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. A restoring church, a prophetic church, rebuilds, renews, turns people's hearts back to the Lord. 
It restores relationships. It sees people with hardened hearts, bitter hearts, angry hearts. When you've, when you've led a church for any period of time, and I was thinking this year is actually our 30th year. Some of you are not even that old. Forgiving hearts turn to Christ and through His prophetic word to each other. I've seen so many hearts restored to where they should be. The Holy Spirit comes and He moves upon people's hearts. And He turns their hearts. A restoring church, a restoring church brings people from disobedience to obedience. I've seen people come into church and it's, you, you can see that there's, there's something hard there. And the Holy Spirit begins to move on them. People begin to pray for them. People, people begin to uh, befriend them. And you see, you see them move from disobedience to obedience. The prophetic word softens hearts. It will bring people to hear and receive God's word. A restoring church prepares people for the return of the Lord. Guys, are you ready for the return of the Lord? Because if you're not ready, it shows me that you can't see the future because the future without Jesus is not a nice place to be. A restoring church, a prophetic church, needs to have the ability to see the future, embrace the future, and live it out now. See the future. That's what it's going to be like when Jesus returns. And begin to live that out now. Love your brother. Come here. Love your brother in spite of what he's done to you. How, how's this for a really stretching scripture? God never does anything without first revealing it to his prophets. Nothing. Amos 3, 7, surely the Lord, sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plan to his servants, the prophets. New Testament, prophets, backslash, church. The prophetic church, the church that restores. The restoring, the prophetic church must deal with things in the present that will affect us in the future. So what's affecting us? Yeah, we need to deal with it so that into the future we're not walking into the same things. I know people have had issues with one another. They dealt with them now. And then they can walk in the freeness and freedom together with one another instead of finding themselves isolated. Nothing happens by chance. Do you think things happen by chance? Ephesians 2.9 says, Not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ. And here comes the part. Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has prepared what you need to do. All you need to do is to tap into what He wants you to do. So my Questions, write them down. What is God doing today? Is He restoring praise and worship, signs and wonders, evangelism, unity? And I want to tell you, what is the devil doing? The devil's doing everything to stop what God wants to, you to do. 
being involved in discipline, not my favorite thing, but anyway, people will say, can we agree to disagree? Because that's a worldly saying. Can we agree to disagree? Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together unless they agree? How can two walk together? The other thing, how can we experience unity if there's no agreement? We must see what he's doing and get involved in it. A guy by the name of Terry Virgo, try and remember this, a prophetic person is one who is totally alive to the world issues and yet totally sold out to God's perspective. We are called to be a prophetic people. So looking at the world and what's happening around you, but sold out to what God wants you to do. Lindy, I wonder if you'd come up and... Vince, I wonder if you'd come up. Where's Vince? I really feel what uh, Vince had to share this afternoon is applicable for people here today. And so I don't, I don't want you to back off. I want you to bow your heads and I want you to listen. And if this is you, I want you to respond. I don't want you to worry about the person next to you, alongside you, behind you, in front of you. I want you to say, Lord, if that's me, I'm gonna, I'm gonna respond to you today. I'm gonna respond. I see this picture of, of the woman at the well, but this is somebody that is heavy, heavy laden, burdened. They, they feel unworthy, they feel unclean. They feel that they're not good enough, that they're coming to the end of the road, but don't know which way and what. Go. But that picture is actually the scripture of Jesus saying that woman, today is the day when you drink from this, you will never thirsty again. And I feel that this is a very important moment for, for somebody or, or for more people, because even the woman said, but sir, what have you got to scoop up the water with? You have nothing but Jesus is not concerned about that, but Jesus has actually given the picture of the cross and he said, that is what I have. I've come to die to redeem you. And that is what God is saying now. So if you drink from the wellspring of life, you will never, ever thirsty again. I wonder if we could all stand together. people that want to be the well of our community. We want to be the life source. But we cannot be the life source until we've dug that well in our life. And what Vince has just spoken about is people that are, have areas of their life that God wants to deal with. And you're struggling with dealing with it on your own. And you may, you may not want those around you to know about it. 
But today I really believe God wants to set you free. We've been speaking about remaining in prayer. We want to pray for those that need prayer. We want, we've been talking about restoring. We want to be those people that bring restoration in people's lives.